You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcasts. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Amelia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. In this episode, we have Amaris Lopez from California State University Monterey Bay Trio Student Support Services Program. She is a second year and is on the podcast to talk to us about her experiences at California State University, Monterey Bay, to talk about the challenges growing up and what the future has in store for her. So coming up in just a bit, Amaris Lopez. So this was a great interview to be a part of, and I was really enjoying our conversation. Uh, Amaris is uh, definitely has a different lens, and we are proud to present this podcast to you all. And... I feel like you'll you'll find her story inspirational and uplifting, uh, and being the motivated worker that she is, and uh, just an overall go getter, uh, you'll you'll hear right firsthand college experience from the student. So, uh, very very happy that she was able to join us on the podcast and talk about her college journey. Remember, you too can be featured on Let's Talk Trio. Please send us a message via email at Let's Talk Trio, L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Student Access and Angelica Villalpando. Thank you all so much for your patronage. You too can be a sponsor. Head on over to Kickstarter and donate any dollar amount that you can. Uh, We are starting this Kickstarter campaign to support our podcast. We have great people working on the podcast. It's a small team of three. It's myself and Amelia and John. So a team, team of three people doing this great work under the podcast. And uh, I know with current COVID-19 restrictions that tra- travel right now is not the ideal thing. But we would love to have funds for future travel. So that means when January, February rolls around, we'd love to come to your state, maybe do a Trio Day podcast at your at your institution or your capital we would love to do that and and talk to your students about their trio experience funds are also being used to purchase to purchase software licenses so we do explore various areas where we feel like recording would really help us out zoom has been a blessing in disguise Uh, we uh, because of our sponsors we've been able to purchase a zoom software license so we have uh, zoom on our computers and we're able to uh, record uh, a group sessions and we're able to record uh, our interviews and so it really makes it easy uh, another thing that uh, it covers is our basic um, podbean subscription so uh, the the team incurs the cost we really don't pass the charge on we um, there is an option to charge the audience uh, 99 cents per episode, but we'd rather not do that. So we really rely on our our patrons and our sponsors to kick in uh, when they can. There's a variety of donor levels on Patreon and on Kickstarter. You could donate one dollar one time uh, on Kickstarter or be a sponsor for a dollar a month. Uh, we really appreciate any dollar amount. It really helps us keep this thing going. 
So as Amelia said, uh, you can literally follow us now on any social media sites. Uh, we have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, and we have a Twitter. Uh, if you want to join us and follow us and see what we're doing behind the scenes, uh, please feel free to follow us. We, we are posting good content, and um, definitely after we publish uh, our any episode, it first goes on on Facebook, and then it starts distributing everywhere else. So uh, you, goes, you can also listen to us not just on Podbean, but on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts. So we really want to push the Kickstarter campaign for our audience. Uh, right now, our goal is to raise about $40,000. It is a steep amount, but when we think about all the factors that go into a podcast, uh, podcasters typically get paid about sixty dollars to $80,000 a year. We're asking for the bare minimum to keep our podcast going. Uh, that means, um, again, upgrading our equipment, getting new microphones, uh, and being able to purchase software licenses and travel funds to go to uh, host institutions because we want to bring your stories to the public. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, Trio Nation. My next guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast is a current student at California State University, Monterey Bay, a participant of the Trio Student Support Services for Science, Technology, Engineering, Mathematics, or STEM in Health Sciences, studies Japanese language and culture major and Spanish language and culture minor, projected to graduate in 2021. She she was raised between borders in San Diego and Tijuana. I want to welcome Amaris. Welcome to the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Hi, hello everyone. How's everyone doing? <laughs> we, <is> are <laughs> we are so happy to have you and we're very glad to have you on the podcast. Well, we are uh, definitely kind of in the midst of a strange uh, year, right? 2020 with the whole COVID-19 thing happening. How are you handling it and how are you holding up? Um, I'm holding up pretty well. Definitely on the first months with COVID-19, it was kind of hard because I had to come back home, um, back to San Diego. So it's kind of hard to adjust, you know, having your own place, having your own apartment, your own privacy, and then coming back home. It was like a complete change, but I'm holding up pretty well. It, take, it took some time, but everything's fine. That's my great. Family's healthy, but yeah. That's good. And uh, as far as you, how are you doing? How are, th how are things in Southern California? Things in Southern California are pretty well. Here in San Diego, um, we're being strict, and I have some friends that live in L.A., and definitely, like, in L.A., it's a little bit more, uh, you can say it's affecting it more, but mm -hmm. here in San Diego, um, it's actually not that bad. Also in Tijuana, mm -hmm. where I've seen people wearing masks, and, uh, I mean, everything's not back to normal, but I've noticed that people are starting to go out more because of, you know, because of jobs and, like, economic status but everything's everything's getting better slowly that's good and i know that the economy has taken a, a huge hit and everybody's really trying to get back to the new normal uh for you what was the new normal before what what was that that was a uh, new normal how would you define that the new normal well um i love hanging out with friends and like i always try to keep myself busy at, um, back at call state monterey bay i was mm -hmm. really involved um i was a residential advisor so it was a huge like i had a lot of responsibilities to be involved with um clubs or other programs on school but in my own personal time i would go out with friends or travel mm -hmm. um be in the library because you know every university student the library is like the sacred place to study oh absolutely yeah but yeah it was um the normal thing for me Right on. Yeah. And uh, as far as, uh, did, you, did you pick up any new skills while in this lockdown uh, time? Yeah, actually. Um, so currently right now, um, I'm not, I, I got tired of, you know, staying in quarantine and, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, I need to get myself in a better position financially. So I apply to a lot of jobs and I'm currently a babysitter and I work at Home Depot. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm learning a lot of stuff from Home Depot, yeah. um, like by using cars or machines, like the 
kind of jack um but other skills that i'm trying to get more is karate i actually oh karate yeah i used to practice karate here and uh, uh-huh. well right now i'm right now I'm, I'm talking to you from mexico from tj oh no way no yeah yeah and i have a gym like two streets away from here that mm-hmm. i used to go in high school so i talked to my sensei about it and just mm-hmm. give me classes and yeah I'm, I'm trying to pick up my martial arts skills again that's amazing. So really can't mess with you too much. Like, cause people who like, you, you know, that self-defense stuff. I mean, I'm not really, I have a chicken heart. So like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not really like a, you know, I don't like punching people with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you are picking up new skills and learning new things during this lockdown. I think that there's a lot of negativity, right? When people talk about the lockdown, they're like, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. But you've really spinned it to where you're like, I'm learning things while, get, while I'm given this time to learn new things. Yeah. Um, so, Amaris, tell us about your origin story. Tell us about uh, how things started off for you, your childhood my childhood. Uh, ooh, that's a really long question. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, like I said, I was raised um, in Tijuana and San Diego. My parents definitely want me to have that um, kind of have my roots really like strong mm-hmm. within my um, childhood. So they decided to raise me here in Mexico and also because all my family's here. Like eighty percent of my family is on this side, and like the uh, the other side is like in, in San Diego. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I grew up here. My mom, she's a kindergarten teacher, so I I really had a good childhood in terms of you know um really like just growing up uh, with a lot a lot of colors and magic and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I've always been um, really adventurous and not scared of trying new things, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's because of my parents because of my childhood, but. Uh, while growing up, I was taking English classes because once I graduated from elementary school, my parents decided that they wanted me to start my education in the, in San Diego. Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah. When I was 13. 13. So, okay. Yeah. So I went to San Diego and I mean, just like I was a kid, I was not even a teenager. I was like 12. Yeah. I there, and yeah. I started to live with my dad. So I will cross every Friday, um, cross every Friday back wow. to Tijuana walking and I spend the weekend here and then go back for a week. Mm-hmm. And I did that for, uh, for seven years until wow. I went to Cal State Monterey Bay. But in terms of me, um, you know, getting adjust to the culture and learning English, it was, mm-hmm. it was a struggle because, yeah. you know, people, people just judge in general. And I know I have an accent, but like I, I went through a lot of stuff because of my English skills. Mm-hmm. I started to take ELD classes and then I worked really hard to be in AP classes. And mm-hmm. so it was just like a lot. It was, I went through a lot of stuff um, yeah. in high school. And that's when my dad told me, you know, like karma, like just, yeah, yeah like just go to university and you're going to find the perfect place. So yeah, that's what I did in Cal State Monterey has been like really helpful and an amazing experience. But yeah, that's my origin story. That's awesome. Glad to hear. So I see that Amelia Castaneda just jumped in. I wanted to introduce you to her. Uh, Amelia, this is Amaris, uh, and she's our trio guest for today. And Amaris, this is Amelia. She's the producer and our social media marketing manager and marketing manager overall. Hi, Amaris. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so sorry. I was a little late and I'm sorry I interrupted, um, but very excited to be here and to, to hear your story. Thank you so much for allowing us to, to do, share your story with, with our audience. Hi, Amelia. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for being here, too. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I will be kind of in the background. I know we're not in a realistic room. Um, so I will be in a virtual background um, taking photos and kind of writing quotes. So uh, be sure to um, watch for that on our social media because I'm going to be um, kind of on there. Okay? So just letting you know, actually, before we even jump in there, do I have your permission to share photos and, and quotes um, of you today? Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so, give me my consent. Okay, so I will be in the background. Sorry for interrupting again, but no, Amelia, you're fine. If I knew that she was gonna take pictures, I would have to, you know, put a little bit of makeup, like get a little bit ready, get the lights better. No, you are looking good. You're looking beautiful. Oh, okay, thank you, girl. Appreciate it. You don't have to be so nice, but it's okay. 
Amariz, you look great. Um, so you. You, you, you're in the middle of your origin story. You're, you're going between two worlds, essentially, uh, between Tijuana and then San Diego as well. And this has been, you said, seven years of you doing this um, uh, in elementary and in high school as well? Middle school and high school. Middle school and high school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was... You know, for me, it's like so common because a lot of students, they like a lot of my friends, they did that. But when I went to costume minor array, that's one of the things that people were so surprised. They were like, oh, my God, like you were crossing like between two countries. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, it's so common. Yeah. But when I tell people, they get like shocked because it's not something that everyone does. I mean, there's a lot of people, but it's just not something that you see every day. Right. And I think, right, probably in Southern California, that's like, oh, that's that's an occurrence. That's something that happens. Right. But for those of us living uh, east or uh, further up north, that's like what that happens. So that's that's something like mind blowing for us. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, my next question to you is uh, what were you like as a student? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, this this is where I divided into two categories. Yeah, because yeah. When I, when I started as a uh, freshman, I was really, you know, like I was a baby. I didn't know anything. Like I didn't, people would tell me, oh, like you should um, log into o- o- Oasis or Aces. I was like, what is mm-hmm. that? Like financially, what's possible? Like I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. So um, I was really, as a freshman, I was really not passionate, not organized, not ambitious and mm-hmm. not hardworking. But once I, I had this friend who was part of Trio and she told me like, oh, you should join. Like they have like a lot of events and that kind of stuff. So actually Trio was the, it's the origin that helped me change my transition as a student. Um, oh, wow. They, I, I applied to Trio and um, this incredible individual, she inspired me so much. And she told me like, no, you should apply to become an RA. Like, cause I was struggling with FAFSA. I was struggling to pay my education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I applied to the RA position. I got it. And then, um, the RA position made me grow more as a person. Like, like being an RA is not easy. It's not. You develop so oh, many skills yeah. in terms of like mental health, um, office work, uh, communicating with people, creative events, management. I have so many skills things to, like being an RA just mm-hmm. by being an RA. But now that I, um, I'm a second year RA, right now I'm not an RA anymore because of COVID. But right, right. Um, yeah, I, I completely, like my mom doesn't even recognize me. She's like, what happened to you? Like, you're so different. But now mm-hmm. as a student, I think I'm really passionate, hardworking, involved, um, ambitious. I try my best to be ambitious, have a lot of goals, but yeah, it's like, you know, kind of like, I was a little egg, like, you mm-hmm. know, and then I like spread my, like I was born and then I started to like, you know, grow up. I don't know. It's- no, that's a good, that, I like that analogy. Like you were kind of in the, in your own shell for a while. And then as you, as college went or as now that you were in your second year, like you really flourished. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, and as we're talking about uh, your co- your college journey so far, you you said that, uh, and I'm going over our notes from um, from our uh, uh, our interview questions. Is you felt like a lot more secure and passionate in your second year uh, at CSU uh, Monterey Bay? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what other experiences you've had uh, at college? At college, mm-hmm. like making me more secure and like more secure. Mm-hmm. Well, um, during my freshman year, uh, I definitely didn't have like a big community. You know, you're just trying to find your way into the campus and trying to find friends. I remember I had like multiple experiences with different kinds of people. And um, one experience that I'm really grateful is that uh, as an RA, I became um, residential advisor for the international students, Mm -hmm. some of them. And what got me into talking to international students is not only that I'm a Japanese major, but I also feel international in some way. Yeah. You know, I was not raised in the States. I was raised in Mexico. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of Latinos and like in the States, but definitely I felt culture shock sometimes just of like, um, just sometimes I got so tired of speaking English. Like the first, <laughs> yeah. the first time, the first year at Monterey, I was just like, Oh my God, I need to listen to like, or like watch. <laughs> right. I needed my little bubble of Mexico. Yeah. But 
I met so many international students that helped me so much from different countries, from Argentina, España, uh, Japan, Korea. Nice. And I think that's one of the main things that also helped me grow, be more secure, be more open to other cultures, having international friends mm-hmm. or just being open. And yeah, that's how I felt more secure with myself. Yeah. By just meeting people, learning about their story. Yeah. And I think what you're hitting on is a really excellent point that when you're exposed to other cultures, you really open your mind up to a variety of ways of how people think and, and how they feel. And right. It's just not um, contained in our own little bubble of either the United States or in Mexico, how they do things over there. But it really it, it sounds like it broadened your, your view. Yeah. It has. With that, um, I want to ask you, because I know that your first year, you said you were kind of shy. You then were introduced to the TRIO program. Who served as your mentor during your educational journey? Well, my, I, I had a lot of mentors, but the, the first mentor that I had that um, she helped me a lot. She was the one who inspired me to become, apply for, to become an RA and also the Costa Rica expedition. That's mm-hmm. a, I don't know if you heard about the expedition. The thing is, I entered my first year as a molecular biology major. Not oh, really? Major. Yeah. yeah. So that was another journey. Um, <laughs> Tell I, us about that. I, how how's that? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's. I feel like it's good that I came in as a bio major because I got to experience the the team, the faculty. But I wasn't happy, and one of the reasons was that I I'm good at math and biology. Like I'm not bad. You know, I struggle, but I'm not bad. But um, it was hard for me because um, my this, well, I went to Japan to visit my best friend in Japan, and I was crying, and I told him, like, hey, like, I'm not happy with my major. I will go to bio class mad. Like, when you go to class mad and not excited, that's not good. That's not no, that, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, so he told me, look, look through the degrees that there is using me. Look at the ones that you think you're, you know that you're, you, you're going to like. So I saw a Japanese major because I took Japanese classes and I really liked them a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy now. But also, the I was scared because, you know, like in, in coming from a Latino background, like being a doctor, being a lawyer, like those, more, those jobs are seen as like, wow, you're so smart. Like you're going to have so sure. much money. So prestigious, right? Uh-huh. So I felt pressure for my family because everyone will talk about me like, wow, she's going to become a doctor. And mm-hmm. when I to my major, when I decided, I was really scared to tell my family, but they were more than supportive. And the person that made me feel more secure about that decision was my, was Alex Westerland. She's mm-hmm. the advisor. Um, she's one of my advisors for the head coordinator. I don't remember her actual, like, but she's part of TRIO and TSUME. And she has been more than a, a advisor or like mentor. She's been like a sister to me, like, Mm-hmm. It's just incredible how much support she has gave me. She was the one who literally pushed me there. And she was like, nope, apply to, to Costa Rica, apply to the residential advisor. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So having an advisor really, or someone from outside of the university to, to be in trio and to, to, t- to talk to you about your career options and your degree options, it sounds like that really was helpful. Oh, yeah, it was. Believe me, it was it just like in high school, I didn't really have anyone to like, yeah, I have my advisors, but you know, high school is more like, oh yeah, like here are your classes and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. But and mm-hmm. you need someone who's not only there for you and your academic career, but also your personal your personal life. Absolutely, she was, she was there for me in like so many different ways. Um, but yeah, she helped me a lot. Right on. Any other advisors that you want to um, recognize or mentors that you want to recognize? Oh, definitely. I have so many. Um, oh yeah? yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. So for Trio, she was the one who helped me the most, and I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, I for the RA job, I had two coordinators that were no two coordinators that were amazing that helped me. Um, her name is uh, Kelly Leong, and she she was my coordinator for my second year as an RA. As an RA, she was also my coordinator for my first year, but it was more like I didn't have meetings with her mm-hmm. back then. But yeah, she helped me a lot, and also. Natalie Betancourt, um, amazing person. Um, you know, I'm par- also part of the LGBTQ plus community, and I wasn't really proud of that. And uh. they made me proud of my identity. They, the RA job also taught me, taught me like the being inclusive of pronouns and the importance of just 
being respectful of everyone's identity and asking pronouns. And Natalie Benancourt really made, like, taught me and mentored me in that area. And also um, Elliot Hellonger, mm-hmm. um, they helped me a lot too, like, with everything. Yeah. But in my experience as a person, just myself growing up as a student, um, my first year as an RA, I, I was placed with another RA, and she was mm-hmm. my mentor. And she's become my best friend so far in this academic journey. She graduated already, and um, she also, she's been there for me, like, amazing. Like, I don't have the words to describe how much I love her. Yeah. Um, her name is um, Natalie Solorzano, and mm-hmm. yeah, she was, she's my best friend, but yeah. I mean, there's there's more people, but you know, yeah. like, it's just, I don't know. I just think it's amazing. Yeah. I think this sh- goes to show, right, that there's a community behind students that uh, want to pursue a degree, right? And then there's always this support that um, as much as like we like to think, yes, like 80% of the work that we're doing is uh, the person individually, but at least 20% is the support that they have and uh, the being able to have that safety net to vent or to talk about uh, the, the things that they're going through, right? Because everybody goes through a variety of challenges and it's good to have that support. Yeah, but I also feel that it's um because you know a lot of stu- but like back at back looking at myself, not only I was sorry, not only I was the only student going through stuff trying to find like a like a group like trying to find a, a just a, a support, you know? Because mm-hmm. I've seen like a lot of students, I've seen me like a lot of freshmen, mm-hmm. they drop, they drop because they don't have oh, a good yeah. experience. But again, how how do you expect yourself to have a good experience if you isolate yourself in a room? if you're if you don't get involved in like events or clubs that's one thing like you also have to have the sense of um what's it called? Of, like the sense of will of being like no i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna see what's there in the corner but a lot of people don't do that a lot of yeah students, they're not willing to do that so how do you yeah yeah marisa and you you're you're really hitting on another great point is how engaged a student becomes, right? Once they enter college, how engaged are they? Do they, do they lock themselves out or are they going out and and making connections? And it sounds like for you, uh, while initially the first year was kind of in your own shell, you really started branching out and, and figuring out your network. Yeah. It was hard, but you know, it was worth it. I don't, I don't regret anything. Awesome. Awesome. Um, uh, this is kind of a loaded question, but I wanted to ask it anyway. So why did you want to go to college? What was the purpose? Well, oof. Oh, okay. Well, um, back in, this is back like my high school um, experience. So back in high school, um, like when I think about my, my whole experience with my friends, um, it, it's sad to say this, but I was one of the only ones from my, my whole group of friends that cr- were crossing the border mm-hmm. that went to university. Like, Oh wow. It, it was, you know, and I'm just thinking about like, like 10, like 10 people, you know, it was not even like a, I'm, I'm can you, wait, can you hear? Yeah, I can hear. Noise. Can you hear? You want me? Oh, do you hear noise on your end or on my end? No, on your end. Can you hear like, cause my family's outside and they're making a lot of noise. Oh no, I can't, I can't, I can only hear you right now. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Just make it here. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're um, good. Wait, can you repeat the question again? <laughs> yeah, no, for, for you, what was the purpose behind going to college? Why did you want to go to college? Well, okay. So I wanted to go to college to break the status quo of my family, but also, um, I think representation because yeah, like when when I go to when when I went to CSU, I was like, oh my god, there's like a lot of Mexicans, you know, going to college. But when you look at the statistics uh-huh. of how many Latinos study, it's not even that high. No, it isn't. It's, yeah, it's not. It's not that high. And I wanted to be that like representation, you know, like I wanted mm-hmm. to be part of that. And just looking back on my high school, seeing my group of friends, we were like ten people. All of them went to community college. All all of them went to um to work. And I'm not saying going to community college is it's bad. It's not, you know, it doesn't matter where you get your education, but I wanted the best experience for myself. And my dad always inculcated that going to a university was going to change the way I perceive life because anyone can go into a community college and you're, it's like another high school. I've heard from my friends that high school and I didn't want that. And once I went to, um, to Caesar and B, it was like, wow, like everyone thinks like me, like everyone, almost, 
like not everyone thinks like me, but in the sense of right. just being ambitious, not being judgmental. Because in high school, mm-hmm. people are so judgmental. If you like, especially right now with Asian cultures, me in high school, oof, it was really hard because yeah. of my interest. Like, I, I, you mm-hmm. know, anime, K-pop, that stuff. Um, it's just that was one of the reasons that I wanted to find myself and also find a group of people where I could be like not exclusive excluded also to break the status quo my family there's a lot of reasons but also I just wanted to um also do it for my like mom and dad and my family because once I get education like I want to give them things that they can never ha- have you know like when they were when they were my age yeah. actually literally this oh no go ahead go ahead no I'm just agreeing with you Actually, literally this summer, um, I took it was Mother's Day, you know. So I took my mom to the spa, and I spent a good amount of money. She has never been to the spa in her whole life. She's like fifty. Really? She's never been to the spa. Yeah. So imagine my reaction. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna bring you again. Yeah. yeah. But it was like seven hours in the spa. It was a good. It was good. Yeah, it was a good day. It was, it was a good day. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right on. We are taking a quick break. We'll be back with more with Amaris Lopez, Trio Student Support Services Program at California State University, Monterey Bay. And we're back with Amaris Lopez, who is talking to us about her Trio experience and college uh, journey. So uh, Amaris, we were just talking about how, what inspired you to go to college and, and why, why you wanted to go to college. So I'm going to move on to my next question to you is how did you discover or find out about trio, uh, the trio programs? Um, I, I discovered it through a friend. She was, she was also in the same position as me, like, um, struggling for financial aid, trying to get involved. So I was like, Hey, like, I just want to be more involved with school. And what is a good way to start with? And then she was like, Oh, just should be a trip. And then we apply and that was it. That was it? That was the application? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you know, like, you have to go through the process. Like they absolutely. They see how, if you, like, have, you know, their your family's history. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, got, I got lucky that I got accepted because not everyone gets accepted. Yeah. Trio only accepts, right, a certain number of students every single year. And what you're saying is you're very fortunate to be part of it. Uh, what was that involvement like for you? involvement with trio oh amazing it was you know um how like in a major like how it feels it, it like trio feel like a family like a safe zone like a safe area i could they literally had events where um they will give free stuff like passion planners shirts hey i have my passion planner right there in the corner and oh my god it's amazing um they give me folders like supplies with the sign of season me. Oh my God. So cute. And then the, yeah. the spirit that it had, like being an otter is amazing. Cause you know, our mascot is otter and you, you like, it was just amazing. Like it was just so nice. And the thing that I like about trio is that they force you to like talk to other people. If you yeah. were literally like in the space and you don't know each other, they just like, go ahead, sit, sit, uh, sit down and like, just do your own thing. You know, like, start oh, that's so cool. People. So that's yeah. cool. Like, but it didn't feel pressured. It was just more like, it was like, Hey, how are you? Like, what's up? How, how, where are you from? Like, it was nice. I met so many people, right. Just going to true events. Yeah. But you know, the overall experience has been amazing. So supportive. Um, and also I like how every month you have to meet up with your mentor to see mm-hmm. how like you're doing academically or like just to like do a quick check in about your mental health or like anything. It's just so nice. Yeah. Uh, so with that, the experience in Trio must have been really unique and uh, you must have enjoyed a lot of things from Trio. Can you point to a specific memory or a specific thing that you really enjoy most about the Trio program? Like a memory? Um, I think uh, there was there's one that I really treasured a lot and it's say we, it was one of my first events. It's it was we did like a barbecue thing, so we mm. were just laying down in the in the lawn, um, uh-huh. and like it was kind of those things where we ju- we were just talking and just like relaxing because it was I think it was I think it was um wait give me a minute yeah 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 I 
Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, <laughs> Everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. She, she, I told her, like, I have an injury and she forgot. If she wants um, to make a cameo and kind of brag about you, she can. Oh, you want me to bring her in? If, if she wants to, yeah. <laughs> Amelia is saying an enthusiastic yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ma! Oh, we're getting a cameo from a parent. This is so awesome. No, pero no, como que no se pillaba, no pasa nada. It's okay. I won't take any photos or anything if. if Hola, ¿cómo está? Bien, gracias. Digo, ¿dónde te llamas? Está bien. Muy bien, muy bien. Estamos en una entrevista con Amaris y nomás queríamos decir que ella es muy fantástica, que está estudiando y está haciendo todo, pues estamos muy orgullosos que está representando los latinos, ¿verdad? Eso nomás quería decirle que estamos muy orgullosos de ella. Ay, muchas gracias, yo también. Y gracias por todo el apoyo que le brindan, ¿eh? Ah, muchas gracias. ¿Usted le gustaría decir algo de, de Amariz? ¿Algo que uh, de su educación o de lo que ella está haciendo? Ah, pues este, Amariz, eh, al principio este, sí batalló mucho cuando era chica eh, en la cuestión académica, pero poco a poco este cambió su manera de ser y, y todo lo que ella se proponía lo trataba de, de lograr y ahora cada vez lo hace mucho mejor, casi al 100. Y, este, y es una niña muy luchadora, eh, no se da por vencida y busca siempre lo mejor y pensando siempre en su futuro. Y eso es lo que me tiene muy contenta. Y Muchas gracias por compartir todo eso con nosotros. Muchas gracias, ¿eh? Hasta luego. Hasta luego. Bye. Okay. Bye, mamá. Amariz, oh, your mom God. is amazing. Yeah, I know. I love her. But, you, you know, the, the, the so, so common in the Mexican house. Oh, estoy en pijamas. <laughs> <laughs> it's COVID-19. It's, it's almost right. 12. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good though, right? It's all good. Yeah, it's fine. Amelia, are we going to be able to just leave all that in there for, for the podcast audience? Absolutely, yes. Sweet. We have to. It's it's part of your story. It's part of who you are. And um, if that's okay with you. No, yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, if that's, if that's okay with you, Maris. No, yeah, I'm totally fine. Like, But, I mean, yeah, no, that's totally fine. Cool. It's just something funny. <laughs> love it when we have cameos on the podcast that way uh, this the audience know right like you're not only are you just a real person you're you're a person with family and and family sometimes you know they come in and they want to say hi i had a i was interviewing somebody three weeks ago we published his story last week um my personal friend he had his daughter come in and just kind of say you know hey um i need to do this and he's like oh my daughter is like here and i was like oh she's welcome to do a cameo if she wants and so she she was able to say a couple things about her dad but Yeah, it was it was really cool, and it's really cool when we we're able to do that. Um, and and Amelia, just, I know that you have your screen turned off, but I just want to say thank you for uh, fielding my question earlier. Uh, we're uh, we were doing that very brief podcast break, so you're good. Thank you. So Amaris, I don't even know where we were. Do you do you remember? What, <laughs> the no, one? I think it was a question about um how how was the most um, treasure memory I have of? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think the most, like, I think important memory or kind of like more, my most treasured memory that I have is like the barbecue thing. Mm -hmm. It's just something simple. We, but it was during, I think, um, I was going through a lot of stuff with finals that week. Not wow. finals, just class itself. So I needed like a break. Mm -hmm. And it was just nice. I went there with my friends and when I saw Alex, my advisor, and we just talked and oh my God, the food was amazing because, you know, sometimes the food in the cafeteria, like in schools. It's, yeah. it's okay, but you get tired of it sometimes. Yeah, I hear you. But, but yeah, I think that's my most precious memory. Awesome. The degree you're currently pursuing is in language. Can you tell us about this degree and what it's all about? Um, my Japanese? Yeah, so the degree, okay, so right now, um, I'm going to be a four-year at Cal State Monterey Bay uh, with my degree in, Jap in Japanese and Spanish. Uh, what I want to do with it is that I want to either become an educator or a professor teaching that language mm -hmm. or become an interpreter for the um, United Nations. 
That's oh, like wow. I mean, I, I hope, you know, because it's hard to get accepted into the like, United Nations. But Absolutely, yeah. It's just, basically, the language department, you just learn the major. And you learn about the history, not only the, the, the language, but also the history. So, like, as a Spanish major, I'm learning about Mexico. But mm-hmm. I already know the history of Mexico. <laughs> yeah, you already know a lot of the history, yeah. Yeah, as a Japanese major, I've, I've learned the history of Japan and how, like, about the culture. Because not yeah. only you study the language, it's like studying the culture, studying the um, history. And, yeah, and I hope I can, you know, be part of the United Nations if I can. That's awesome. So what inspired you to look at a career in the United Nations? What What is it that drew you to that? What drew me to that is um, I like traveling and I like to talk a lot. As you can tell, I talk a lot. <laughs> Um, I'm, I just love talking to people and I, I don't know, I want to do something um, big. I want to, like being an educator, my mom, she's a kindergarten teacher and my mm-hmm. dad, he used to be a professor in a university here in Mexico a long time ago. So I kind of mm-hmm. have like the, the education, <laughs> the educational things in my, in my blood, in my blood. So it's, but I want to do something different and something bigger. And I feel like the United Nations, it's something not so easy to get and that's kind of like a challenge for me because getting my teacher's credentials i think i can do it i i know i can do it but getting to the united nations is kind of harder when i think yeah. about it like in terms of my skills yeah. so that's kind of why i want to do it because it's you know like well like united nations it's big it's big yeah that's awesome and i think being part of an, a large organization that like that it's uh, definitely aspirational and inspirational that you want to do that so that's very cool very good on you so i'm going to ask you another question and maybe now that you've had all this college experience and going up through high school and all of these experiences that you have to you what does it mean to be a college student to me what it means to be a college student um this is a hard question to answer well for me to be being a college student um like a lot of people think it's just academics which is not it's, i just think being a college student um in terms of, like college student in the university not in community college like just in terms of the university i think that um it's 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 a hard journey i would i would describe it as that it's a hard mm-hmm. journey it's, it's how can i describe it for me, like if I had to describe myself as a question, I would say like a a warrior without frontiers. I don't know, something like that. Oh wow, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I just just made it right now. I don't know. <laughs> that was really good. I, I like how you worded that. Yeah, a warrior without frontiers. Like it's hard because it's not like you're leaving your family. Like you're not. You're living in college. You're you're going. You're just exposing yourself to a lot of new things you're not going to rely on your family and plus you have like all this kind of um responsibilities that you never had in high school so it's kind of like just you're just exposing yourself and i think it takes a lot of will to just apply to university and be like okay i'm ahead there next in a month you know like that's a big thing it's a big choice it doesn't seem like it because it goes by fast but when you think about it and when you um when you think about your life and your life decisions, it's just, wow, like, I can't believe I did that, you know? Yeah. So for me, college, being a college student, it's, it's hard. It's just, it's brave, I will say that. It's super brave. You know? Yeah. And, and in what ways did TRIO help you with all that? With everything. I mean, um, again, like, having support, having people that I could look up to or just feel myself more um, stable, and especially with mental health, because I was going through a lot of stuff during my first two years at CSUME. Like, my mental health was not stable. I was actually going to drop um, college um, as a sophomore. But TRIO helped me a lot, like um, going to um, check-ins with them every month. I think it was like twice. And just going to the events or field trips. We went to... I never went to Alcatraz, but I know they have a big event where they like go to Alcatraz and they, oh, wow. you know, Alcatraz yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's amazing. Um, and just, you know, I just being away from CZU me to help. So those field trips that I, we did with Trio, they were so amazing. And, yeah. you know, they paid for everything, which is like, I'm shocked because it's like, wow, like this is the stuff that they've given us, that they were giving us. 
for free, I was so grateful for it because I was like, who's going to yeah. give you this stuff for free? Nobody, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. And um, so my next question to you is really more in the lines of, and for, for some of your conversation for like two seconds, I see that you have a poster of Inuyasha in the background. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I, I, I gotta say, so I love, uh, I first started watching Inuyasha like back in early 2000, like early 2010. Um, I didn't get to complete the series and I, just, I still get into a lot of animes. Um, I think recently I'm still into attack on Titan and, oh God. um, gosh, uh, I'm still, tr- my son is trying to get me into my hero academia, which like oh, it's yeah. superhero based. I'm like, I like it. It's cool. And this other one, um, uh, one man, uh, one punch man. One person, oh. yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's my favorite anime. That's the first anime that I watch. It's oh, really? My favorite. Yeah, I like oldies. I like classics, like Batman and Half, um, Dragon Ball, Naruto, like really old ones. 100%. Oh, so you're speaking my language. Uh, loved. I grew up on Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, if you've not checked it out, there's uh, Super Campeones, which is dubbed Spanish oh, of yeah. like uh, Oliver. Oh, see, see, see. And then uh, Los Caballeros del Zodiaco. Zodiaco, That's an yeah. oldie, oldie. Like, the, the oldies are ooh, so good. They're so good. They Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, now we, we had to veer the conversation a little bit. I'll get us back on track. I'm so sorry. No, you're um, fine. So for you, going to college, were you the first one in your family to go to college? Um, going straight to as an undergraduate, yes. Because in the States, because here in Mexico, my mom, she got her associates in a community college in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And my dad, he actually got his master's. Oh, wow. Here in Mexico. In yeah. Mexico. So it doesn't right. count. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. My sister, she, she went to UCLA, but she went as a, um, as a, what's it called? As an international student mm-hmm. because she rebelliated her degree. Cause she graduated from here, but she never went to like, I'm the first undergraduate to like, yeah. Straight great, great straight into it. Okay. Yeah. And so what does that mean for you being a first generation, uh, U S college student? U S yeah. Yeah. Um, U S college student. It means a lot for me because a lot of, not only like my, my personal circle, like my mom and my siblings, but also like my other cousins, like a lot of them are not like a lot of them didn't get in and they got an education, but it just, for me, means I'm, I'm really proud of myself. Like I am. And it's not, it means a lot mm-hmm. to represent not only my heritage, but also my family and just my last name, like Lopez. I know Lopez is common, but you know, like for me, like it means a lot. Yeah. yeah. Definitely ha- carries a, a weight to it, right? When you're representing your family and you're going off to college, and you're like, "Now I got to really make my family proud. I want to, you know, build a legacy for, not only for myself but for my family too." Yeah, that's that's awesome. E, um, so outside of trio and all of that, what did you what do you currently enjoy most about college? What is your absolute absolute favorite thing? My absolute favorite thing. Ooh, that's a hard question. Um, I think being there for people. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know it's hard for... No, for real, being there for people because of the scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've noticed that this last semester and, you know, COVID canceled it and I worked really hard. I made... I made um, well, just like... How can I say I'm losing the track of it. Um, Just like being there for people because for me, there wasn't really... I had to look for that help. And sometimes, like I've told you, like students, they isolate themselves in their dorms and they don't really get that, that little push, you know, and I never got that push. I had to like push myself to mm-hmm. get the help that I needed. Yeah. So I'm trying like as an RA, uh, I can do that. And I was actually the vice president of Japan club. Oh, so nice. I try, yeah. yeah. So I try to do more things like try to get students out, try to um, create connections between people just being um, there for like anyone at this point, because I got in into positions where it's like, Hey, like as an RA, we only need to do two events per month. But there was one month that I was going to do four mm-hmm. because I wanted to do an event related to Korean culture because Korean culture is not well represented in my campus. 
it's not it's, it's not in like k-pop right now it was big and i did a lot of stuff i was gonna have like like 40 students coming in it was gonna be big. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah i was gonna have like um i got the cafeteria to sponsor us and then i got i asked true if they could sponsor us and they did by um publishing my flyer and that kind of stuff but that's so cool yeah. yeah so just being there for people i think that's one of the biggest things and another one is um going out with friends and studying in starbucks yeah <laughs> that's like, awesome though I, I feel um hipster studying in starbucks <laughs> i was gonna say that sounds so very american amaris right <laughs> that's that's awesome though that's super awesome um i know that we talked about your career and, and where you see yourself going possibly working for the united nations but in the next five to ten years what do you see for yourself oh in the next five or ten years i definitely see myself um kind of actually i actually see like i already see it myself i had in four years if you want to <laughs> like but in five years um maybe in japan um because i already have a plan of how after i graduate um i'm planning to become a teacher for a year in japan it's called jap um the jet program so the program where you basically um get it you, you only need a ba that's it and you don't need to know japanese and you apply and then you become a professor for english like for high school and middle school, or oh, wow. school in japan, for a semester or a year or more and mm -hmm. i want to get that experience it's like like like, I want to get my master's, but I also need a break from school, you know? So, like, I <laughs> right. think that's a good way. Right. Like, a year, like, a semester. Yeah. And then apply to become, to get my credentials in teaching or either translation. That's um, amazing. My master's. Yeah. And then after that, just work. Just work and be family and travel and, and keep learning about new cultures and new languages. And new I, yeah. I can definitely see that for you. And uh, I'm I'm just from one person that completed their master's four years ago. Um, yes, it's wise to do that one or one year break, one semester or one year break. Uh, don't wait for, uh, five years after you graduate and then try to go back because yeah. the first semester is really hard to get back into it. But try to do it a semester break or a year break. Just a recommendation. You don't have to do that. No, I, I'm really, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I love my university, but this is getting too hard. <laughs> it gets intense. It really gets intense. Um, Amelia, I don't know if you wanted to jump in and ask something. Okay, cool. No, we're good. Right on. Um, so college students in general, Amaris, experience a slump at some point of their academic year or academic career. Uh, how do you recharge or what do you do to recharge? Like self-care? Um, I will... Um, Red Bulls and a lot of coffee. <laughs> Red Bulls and a lot of coffee. <laughs> that is like the college student diet. <laughs> Yeah, that is a college student. <laughs> no, I mean, I think to recharge myself, I, I mm -hmm. skate. I, I, I skate and I cruise. Oh, you skate? Yeah, I do. It's one nice. of my hobbies. <laughs> yeah. Right on. When I, have, when I was having finals, and like, I mean, both of you can relate because you, you, I mean, both of you got, got, went to college, right? If I'm not wrong. So like, you're studying for a test and it's like 3 a.m. and you just need to like go outside in the night and I would just like skate. Yeah. Um, also exercise. Like I, I started again to like go to the gym more often, run, jog, exercise and paint. I also paint a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I try to paint a lot because just like do activities out of my, um, so not because the thing with um, me is that there was times that I would only sleep like two hours a day or like it was really bad or sometimes I wouldn't sleep. Yeah. yeah. I, was I was gonna say you can, Oh, look at that. That's awesome. Can you like, you can, uh, can you like scan that and send it to Amelia or to, to our podcast, uh, email and we can like feature it on our podcast like Facebook page. Yeah. Your, your drawings. If you, if you feel like you want to share them, if you, if you want to. No, that's fine. I have, I, but this one's are they're okay. I have other better ones. Absolutely. Yeah. I can scan them or take pictures of it and send it. Sounds good. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I do think that like doing activities outside of the university is good because I also noticed that a lot of students like, yeah, they focus too much on academics. Mm -hmm. They for, they forget to focus like in building relationships, um, taking the time for themselves. And I've noticed that a lot. And the thing is, if you don't have a community when you graduate and you don't have opportunities, then how do you expect yourself to grow as a person? Mm -hmm. Because 
I got into situations where I'm like, okay, if I need a letter of recommendation, I literally have like 20 people that I can ask for a letter of recommendation. And I had this friend where she didn't, she wasn't involved with anything. She literally had to ask a professor. So I'm like, well, like that says a lot about someone who's involved and not. Mm-hmm. And for you, graduation is not too far off now. How do you plan to celebrate? Tequila. Tequila? <laughs> I like that answer. We cannot edit. Oh, look at that. <laughs> but I don't have it here. I, if I have it downstairs, they're going to drink it, and that's mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm so, like I know Emilia's in the background laughing. Probably we are that like so relatable right now because <laughs> that's how you celebrate graduation. You take shots of tequila. Yeah, cumbia, tequila, salsa. The the boyfriend and then like a nice dress and go out. I mean, the COVID is not here. No, yeah. you celebrate with family. I think um, me and my mom we were talking after I graduated. We want to go to Taiwan or Thailand. Oh, so tra- good traveling. That is yeah, awesome. Before that, the tequila, because, you know, that's, that's important. Celebrating responsibly, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is amazing. So, yeah, graduation is not too far for, for you anymore. Like, it's really next year, right? Uh, well, since I changed my major, I'm behind one year. Oh, so I you're behind one year. But still, yeah. it's, not too, it's not very far off. And it's, it, even with the uh, added major, it's oh, still not too far. Yeah fine honestly i'm yeah it's fine two more years yeah and it's time is fine absolutely as you reflect on your academic and personal journey what have you learned about yourself amaris what have i learned about myself that i'm really complicated (laughs) (laughs) you're complicated no you don't say not, not not complicated but in the sense of like um um i've learned how to love myself definitely that's one of the biggest things i always struggle to like love myself and i you know i i love myself but i haven't found like that that um like maximum reach that i want to get i I, i'm still like not struggling but i'm still learning how to love myself each day Mm -hmm. and i learned that i am a person who has high expectations for myself and like that's good but also bad you know because if i fail i get i shut down myself completely and i feel really bad and i've learned that i mean i've learned that i'm a, a good person like i i've gone through a lot to be where i am right now and, and i should be proud for it and it took me time and actually true was one of the things that helped me the most to be proud to be yeah. just proud to be an otter that that's amazing um, I think everyone, right, is still in that reflective mode when they're in college about like how to accept themselves or how to love themselves more. But I think you're definitely much higher on the ladder of achieving that personal fulfillment and personal acceptance. Yeah. And it's hard. Like, mm-hmm. it's easy. Yeah. What advice do you have for first current, for the current first generation college students? Um, get out of your room. <laughs> get out of your room. No, Don't just take- Get out of your comfort zone. Even if, even if it's hard, try like just get out of your comfort zone and explore the, the discoveries that the world has to offer. You know, like try. It, it, it's going to be hard, but mm-hmm. just just go out there and 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 explore. Not do not be scared because the thing is, they when when you go to college, you think you're by yourself, but you forget that there's literally like people living next to me, next to you that are going through the same stuff. Go with them and go through that same stuff together as a group. And that's something that a lot of college students are scared of. Also, um, just be involved, be involved with not only like with the school, but also with friends, like academics are important, but you can be smart and academics, but also you need to be smarter in life. You know, you know that saying like my 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 grandma. She never got an education. She wasn't good with school, but she was good with life. She yeah. had like twelve kids. You know, like Mexican grandmas are. I don't know how they handle it. Like twelve kids, no money, like incredible. Yeah. Um. So also be smart in in life. Make the right decisions. Like be make connections. And yeah. Yeah. What about words of wisdom for trio students? Words of wisdom. Um, don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate because I did it and it, it, 
it hit me hard like the next day. I had I didn't have any more Red Bulls and that was a problem. Um, Give me just a second, sorry. There you go. I am so sorry my son just walked in for me to open his yogurt and he's good now. <laughs> Apologies. Um, let me re-ask that question. So what are some words of wisdom for trio students? Um, like again, no, don't procrastinate and work hard. Like even if it's just a small paper, like don't, like me as a freshman, I, I was happy with a C, I was happy with a B, but now I'm taking the, the struggle of getting my GPA higher because my GPA right now is not bad, but mm -hmm. I definitely, I do want like a GPA higher than that. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm okay with telling you my GPA right now is 3.2, which is not bad. That's but, really good. But I want 3.5 and above. Mm, okay. You're going for the cum laude, summa cum laude, all that magna cum laude stuff. I, you know, when I, when I see the tequila right in front of me, imagine, I'm like, <laughs> is it tequila, not me? <laughs> That's awesome. And, um, I love it. That lo I love like, it. Work hard your first year and throughout all your career. Not only like, just work, just work hard and don't forget to me. That's my advice. I'm listening. Like, don't forget to me. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, anything that you would like to say to the TRIO staff, not only in your program or in your program, but also TRIO staff around the nation? TRIO staff around the nation? Um, try, I, I think that something that TRIO, like, let them advise them or just, yeah, some advice that you would have for like a TRIO staff member okay. that is in TRIO and something you would like to share with them like, hey, this is what you should know about TRIO students. Maybe implement um, international students with TRIO, Ooh, trio members. I like that. That's something that TRIO, like they focus on. I know TRIO has a lot of members who are like for minorities, right? Like mm -hmm. TRIO members are usually minor. A lot, of, a lot of us are minorities, part of the mm -hmm. minorities. Mm -hmm. And it's good, but I also feel like, like me with international students, I've grown so much about learning other cultures and you create connections. Like I have this friend from Argentina that I'm going to visit soon. And I met her for like four months and we've been talking nonstop. We literally call each other like every two weeks on video call for like two hours. Like oh, those awesome. connections and yeah. she's like, yeah, you can come stay at my house. I will like, I will be your tour guide. Or when I went to Japan, I stayed with my best friend for like two weeks. And then after that, I went with my other friend from Japan. But like those connections, they're so important to have because you're exposed to other cultures. And I feel like Trio kind of, it doesn't lack on that, but definitely like they should implement international students because also the international students feel more included get me absolutely i feel that, that yeah. that's a really good answer to that question i like that yeah so that so amaris we're at the tail end of our podcast interview now i want to say it was a huge honor to have you on the podcast and we definitely need to have you back on in the near future or when you graduate so we can celebrate with some tequila even if it's through virtual uh, conference okay we will <laughs> that's awesome can you do us the honor and signing off for us yeah um okay well thank you so much for everything um thank you so much for taking the time and listening to my story um uh, just say hi from saying bye from tijuana mexico on um, next to san diego it's been a pleasure to be here with juan riva and um thank you so much for everything i really enjoyed it a lot all right, right on. And it was, again, such a huge honor to have uh, you on the podcast. And we can't wait uh, to see the, all the exciting things that you're going to be doing and you will accomplish. Thank you. Thank you. Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk TRIO. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk Trio. We want to get your story to the public. What a great interview with Amaris Lopez at California State University, Monterey Bay. She is with the Trio Student Support Services Program. Amaris, thank you so much for sitting down with us and sharing your story. So these are the stories that we really are pursuing, right? That this is what we want to present to the audience, uh, whether you're 
not familiar with trio or even if you're familiar with trio and you just want to hear other trio stories that are happening outside of your own program or outside of your state uh, there are a lot of trio programs all across the nation and that's what we aim to do is to uh, at least give a voice to each state and um, this podcast is primed uh, for uh for those types of recordings, those type of sit-down discussions. So we really enjoy sitting down with students, staff, alum, uh, former participants. Uh, we take a wide variety of of guests on the podcast, and we take pride in being able to uh, sit down with them and let them share their story with us, and uh, we, we enjoy that connection. So, Amaris, thank you so much again for sharing your story. If you would ever like to be featured on Let's Talk Trio, make sure you reach out to us. You can email us at Let's Talk Trio, L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors again, Student Access and Angelica Villalpando for sponsoring the podcast. Remember, you too can be a sponsor. You can head on over to Kickstarter. We are currently in our Kickstarter campaign. So head on over to Kickstarter. Look for Let's Talk Trio. Donate any dollar amount. It really helps us in maintaining the podcast and upgrading our equipment and doing some travel funds to uh, your host institution or to travel out out of state. And again, we we realize with COVID-19 restrictions that travel is not ideal at the moment, but we'd love to have those travel funds to uh, possibly travel in the near future. I want to take a second to thank the podcast team. Amelia Castañeda, our marketing manager, social media manager, and producer. John Russell, our editor, music producer, and audio engineer. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. Honorary members of Let's Talk Trio include Roderick Chambers, Scott Kendall, and Tony Ho. We thank you all so very much for listening. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for all the kind words, the reviews. It's been positive so far. We appreciate all of you, and we will catch you on the next episode.